in the uh, West Side Church of Christ. We are uh, now the uh, Lighthouse Church of Christ. And uh, it's, it's not all about the name, it's about who we are. And I hope that you, you feel that calling as well. And uh, I just want you to know how glad I am that you're here today. Particularly if you're visiting with us. There's no better place for you to be than among God's people. And uh, I'm really fired up. I know if I am, God's got to be even more excited that you're here and want to make sure you feel welcome today. Uh, One of my part-time duties that I do, uh, besides uh, helping and and partnering with the leadership of the Lighthouse region uh, there in the East San Gabriel Valley, is I get get the privilege of working with uh, 38 churches in nine nations in Mexico and Central America. And uh, I have a divided heart, I must confess. Uh, My heart, uh, I love the East San Gabriel Valley. I love the married ministry. I love the family ministry. But I really want to see what we have extended out to our brothers and sisters there in Mexico, Central America. I hope you get the opportunity to go down and personally visit, just like our sister Gloria. She's going to share a little bit uh, later in our presentation. Uh, It's a whole different thing when you get to go and see it and, and breathe it and taste it. Eat it, smell it, all of that yourself. And the door is open. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But before we begin, uh, we've been showing this video all over the world. And it's an ICOC hot news video. And uh, for the men in the room, how many, how, many, uh, how many of us men do we like to watch movies? You know, would you rather, would you rather watch movies or sit in church? Hey. I got good news for you. Today, today you get to do both. Okay? We're going to watch a lot of movies uh, today. Short movies. But I want to encourage you to position yourself so you can see the screen. We're going to begin with the ICOC hot news uh, that's entitled Disciples in Danger. And it's really to open our eyes and our hearts to see what our brothers and sisters uh, like Dino shared in the communion, are going through right now. Uh, and then I've got some other stuff uh, that, that you're going to be able to see. But it's really to help us appreciate what we have. And also, the greatest thing that you can do for your brothers and sisters is pray for them. Okay, so we're going to begin with the ICO hot, ICOC Hot News, and then we'll move into our lesson. I hope you enjoy it. Mexico border is in turmoil. Towns like Juarez and Reynosa have become some of the most dangerous cities on earth. Disciples there are living in a war zone between rival drug cartels battling the Mexican police and the Mexican army. 
We spoke with disciples on both sides of the border. Many of you are probably familiar with the situation in Juarez, Mexico right now. Juarez right now has four times the murder rate of any other place in Mexico. The city across the border, El Paso, Texas, has had only five murders the whole year, while its sister city right across the border has had over 3,100. Yet the church in Juarez really continues to build on God's kingdom. They had a conference this year for men and baptized two men out of that conference. They're restoring people. These people are truly heroes in the faith. Estoy estudiando la Biblia con eh, eh, dos policías y pues ha sido difícil la situación eh, con ellos porque ellos son como la, uh, pues eh, están expuestos a que la gente que se dedica a hacer lo malo, eh, pues los mate y nosotros estamos en medio de ellos, pero ellos quieren estudiar la Biblia, entonces eh, nos hace movernos y, y decir, pues nosotros necesitamos pelear por sus vidas, pero siento temor por mi esposa, siento temor por eh, nuestro futuro, eh, eh, pienso que, que algún día podríamos uh, tal vez llegar a morir ahí en medio de, de las situaciones que, que existen. Pero sabemos que vamos a estar un día con Dios en el cielo. Uh, a veces hemos pensado en, en irnos, pero pensamos en la gente también que está ahí y que no tiene a Dios y por eso decidimos quedarnos. Sí tenemos temores, pero tenemos también una esperanza. En Ciudad Juárez una gran visión porque, lo que, porque la iglesia siga creciendo en los diferentes ministerios que están ahorita formados. Estamos buscando crecer dentro de las universidades, estamos buscando crecer en, en el ministerio de los solteros, así como también en los casados. Estamos muy uh, animados porque Dios ha puesto una, una visión, no solamente en mí, sino en cada uno de los hermanos que están ahí en la ciudad. La situación es difícil, pero todos estamos unidos y creemos que Dios puede hacer más de lo que nosotros imaginamos o pensamos. Queremos sentir el mismo espíritu que Jesús tenía en el primer siglo cuando enseñaba, cuando ellos estaban haciendo discípulos. Hoy queremos sentirlo en nuestra ciudad, en nuestra ciudad que tanto hoy estamos aprendiendo a amar, que es Ciudad Juárez. It's hard to imagine the danger these disciples face every day. We need to be praying for their safety. But more than that, we need to imitate their courage. While the bullets are flying, our brothers and sisters are sharing their faith and helping the poor. Their courage is an inspiration to us all. In January of 2010, an earthquake struck Port-au-Prince, Haiti, devastating the city. The government estimates 300,000 people died. One million were left homeless. Today, the disciples are facing riots and collapsed infrastructure. They've been hit with hurricanes, Cholera has struck almost 200,000 people. Most basic services are
but not back online. Mark Ottenweller from Hope Worldwide was in Haiti recently for the one-year anniversary of the quake, and he found a faithful, courageous group of disciples getting back on their feet.
gun effect led the fighting in their neighborhood with only these plastic bags in the car. And the same with the Mandu family. Stray bullets were coming into their home. They walked for three hours to escape the intense firefight. These bags are all that they have. Francis Dassé, lead evangelist, explains in French. So that's the, uh, and it's really great. I really appreciate Mike Tolliver that, that takes on this ministry of, of keeping us informed of what's happening around the world. It really helps us to understand what we're a part of. And you ask yourself, well, what difference can I possibly make here in West L.A.? What can I do? Uh, you, you can do so much. You have no idea what you can do. Number one, you can pray. And that was the motivation of this video was to call disciples to pray for these brothers and sisters in needs. And, you know, you think about all the other needs that are going on. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Everything that's happened in Japan the last few weeks, everything that's happening in the Middle East right now, it's a volatile situation. Uh, and there's, there's turmoil all over the world, like very few times in our, in our history. And how do we respond I want to encourage you to pray every day. And as we talk about the missions contribution, you can do so much through your prayers. In fact, that was one of the, the main characteristics of the, the first century church in the book of Acts. You can read about it in your Bible, the book of Acts, just what our brothers and sisters did to, to, to navigate turmoil, to navigate challenges that were out of their control. They prayed and God answered their prayers. He empowered them. And he gave them so much. Uh, I'm going to be speaking today on behalf of our, our brothers and sisters in Mexico. Uh, and I'm going to let them express to you uh, what they feel about what you have done over the years uh, to support them and help them. So let's listen to what they have to say. This was a retreat that we had last year of all the uh, ministers that are overseeing churches, 27 churches throughout Mexico. Uh, and they all came together for a time 
And we wanted to, for them to just personally express to you, this, the churches that support them, uh, they do take care of themselves. About 80% uh, of all their costs uh, they shoulder and they take care of, but everything that we give helps a great deal. For meetings like this, for them to come together and for us to go and help them. Viva Mexico. That's their passion. And uh, it's nice to know that they, they have this passion to realize Jesus' mission in their own country. Uh, you don't have to spur them on uh, to carry out God's mission. They, they're passionate. Maybe more passionate than some of us are about, you know, taking the United States for Jesus Christ. They are very passionate. And you're going to see that today because they've got tremendous obstacles. But for, for all of you, and I know in the West the West Side Church, there are some of you that have been in a part of the, the church for many, 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 many years. And, and I want to read this passage to you to encourage you about what you've done. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13. Because of the service by which you have proven yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else in their prayers... For you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. And for you, those of you that are visiting here with us today, year after year, we take up a collection for world missions. And this particular uh, church here on the west side of L.A. takes up a contribution for Mexico and Central America and also the Middle East. And some of you have been doing that for a long time. And you could ask this question. You know, well, what about my gift? What's happening with my gift? I've given so many gifts. Look at what, what an angel told Cornelius one night. Just to encourage you. Because you could ask, man, I'm in a, I've been given so much money year after year. Listen to what the angel said to Cornelius. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have not gone unnoticed by who? And sometimes we ask that question. Does God really notice? Does he see what I do? Does he see what I give? God knows that you're here tonight. And not at home on the couch. And he knows why you're here. And he makes a note of it. He notices. And one of the first people that God went via the angel to visit was who? Cornelius. And I believe God takes into account... His people and, and what he does. So you ever wondered about your gifts? God's taking care of your gifts. And over the years, we've learned a great lesson about our finances. You can invest a whole lot of money in a lot of things. And in a few years, it can be gone in an instant. Let me tell you, when you invest in God and his kingdom and his church, you have a portfolio in heaven. And, and last I checked in the Bible, that portfolio is doing really, really awesome. Because it's, an, it's, 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 it's gaining a return of eternal value. And you can't compare that with any other investment. Today we're going to be talking about compassion aroused. And I hope to provoke your heart today. I hope to provoke what compassion you have in your heart. And all of us have it, but sometimes it gets choked out by life. We get hardened we lose perspective. We get numb because we got so many things going on in life. We're so busy. We get numbed out. 
I hope today that your compassion will be aroused. And I ask you, why do you think everything's going on in the world? Why does God allow disaster to happen in our world? And so many terrible things, and you watch the images, you see them on TV. And you know, one of the things we've got to watch out as a church, we talked about this in a series a few weeks ago in the Lighthouse region. One of the the things that, you know, the laws of gravity, the laws of gravity say that everything is moving out. It's forced. The law of gravity in the local church, which way is it going? Out or in? And that's what we have to be watching for. And, and this is interdenominational. This isn't just our church. The law of gravity of the local church is always going in. And we have to always work at going out and focusing on out. And you can tell this. How do you tell one of the ways you can know if a church is heading in the right direction? The health of a church. And you can see this in the, in the book of Acts. Is the prayers of the church. Ever evaluated your prayers? Who are you praying for? If every one of your prayers of 2010 were answered, who would be the beneficiary? Who would be the most blessed of all those prayers? Guess who? You. Me. Because we, we spend a lot of time praying for who? For ourselves. And we need to work at spending more time praying for others. Praying for the needs of people who are in desperate situations. And that's always a good heart check for us. And if you're visiting here with us today, I want to encourage you to pray, but also to pray for other people. To pray for needs around you. It will arouse compassion. And it will stretch your faith. Look at what, look at what Hosea, was, what message what he received from God. He says, how can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I give you over, Israel? How can I treat you like Adamam? How can I make you like Zebayoim? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. This is God speaking. When God sees disaster, when He sees us crying out to Him, guess what happens? His compassion is aroused. And if we're His people, we've got to allow ourselves, our own compassion to be aroused. And not allow ourselves to be numbed out like everybody else. When you watch those scenes in Japan, is your heart aroused? And you know, the United States is like no country in the world. Do you realize that we have thousands of soldiers that are walking the beaches of Japan searching for bodies as a service to another nation? What does that describe about us as a nation? We have great compassion for people. But who needs to be at the top is God's church. And I believe the fact that you're visiting here with us today says something positive about you. You aren't somebody just walking around denying God. You believe in God. That's why you're here. And you, you need to take a, a special pride in you're different. You have compassion, but allow yourself to get, to allow your passion to be aroused like God's. Today we're going to look at another movie. Are you ready for another movie, guys? This one's action-packed. 
And this will arouse your compassion. Because this is what our brothers and sisters, this is what citizens of Mexico are living out right now. Let's watch. So, how would it be for you today to leave service fearing for your life? This is a day in the life of our brothers and sisters all over Mexico. Same story. And I really want to lift up our brothers and sisters who are ministers in Mexico because when I was there to visit them in January, my heart melted. And some of them started to share. They've got children just like you. They have families. They take them to school. They come home from school. And... I'm just blown away by their courage to stay in their cities because really what city can you go to? It's the whole country that's been overtaken by violence. To give you an idea, in both wars combined, Afghanistan and Iraq, the history of the war hasn't come close to the number of people that have been murdered and killed in Mexico in the last two years. 13,000 murders. In the whole country of Mexico in two years. Both wars. Wars. Don't even come close to that. Mexico right now is a war zone. And I applaud and and, and I admire the courage of our, our brothers and sisters and the ministers that are standing their ground. For them, church isn't an option. It's not like, well, maybe I'll go to church, maybe not. Church is a refuge. Because they're facing death. There's a literal threat that today might, tomorrow might not come. They might not be alive tomorrow. And some of them, their family members, their friends have been killed, and it's helped them to cope. They come to church to cope, to find comfort in God and His Word. That there is hope. There's more to life than this war zone that He's called them to live in. You say, well, what can I do? And you know, all these things, you turn the channels on, on, on the television, the current pain in the world. Right now in Japan, there aren't enough living to adequately care for the dead. That's how serious the situation is in Japan right now. They can't even get to some of the bodies of family members because of the nuclear fallout. What do you do with all of that? Particularly if you're at a people where there's no God. But I want to encourage you about what's happening in the church because while a lot of people don't know how to process it, our brothers and sisters know how to process it. They go to God and they continue on their focus to help people get saved because when you don't have any insurance of what might happen, you can give people insurance to know if you get right with God, if you get close to God, if you become His child, then the worst thing that can happen to you is you can die and you go to heaven. And it's, it's, it's filled them with a passion and a mission to make a difference even now. And I appreciate their spiritual response. Mexico City, last year 329 people were baptized in the church in Mexico. I mean, that's more than half of this, this group here today. And that all those people are, are, are now saved. 103 people were brought back. Obviously, when you've got all this insecurity going on, if you left the church and you left God, you're, you're thinking really strong and serious about, hey, I better get back and I better get right with God. You know, what about our message? 
I want to ask Gloria to come up. She was a part of an elders and training program. You know, there are no elders in Latin America right now, but we're making a difference. And what you give in special missions contribution is going to go towards that program. So, Gloria, come on up and uh, share with us about your experience last week. Well, uh, first of all, I just have to thank you for your prayers because uh, it just means so much to Al and me. Um, I wish he could be here tonight. He's at an elders meeting, and so he worshiped at South Bay. But um, we've just gotten back from Guatemala in Mexico City, and uh, I'm so glad to have these visuals because it it can put the work there on your heart, uh, hopefully like never before. I have to be honest, when we flew into Mexico City, my heart started beating faster just because of what we've seen and what we've heard. And I had to pray for that fear to go away. And uh, the disciples that are in both places are just amazing. And their hearts are just um, for God. And they want so much to learn and grow. We we felt just like they were sponges. They just were. They they just surrounded us to want input and want help. And uh, we're just so inspired by them. Their hearts are, are just amazing. The the Latin culture, as you know, anytime you're around them, they're so warm and giving. Peter asked me, "Did you get lots of kisses?" And I said, "Oh, I loved it. You know, it's just uh, such a warm fellowship." And I can honestly say that we didn't feel in danger. We didn't feel that because we were surrounded by brothers and sisters most of the time. And, um, you know, if, if they can live there, surely we can go there and help and be with them. And uh, we just, if, if they can trust God's protection and care, we can trust God's protection and care. And uh, it just meant so much to us to be able to share with them. I feel like I take all of you with me because so much of what we have to share is what we've learned here with you. And uh, through that, our shepherding programs, the things that we've done that way, they were hungry for that. And in Guatemala, they had a group of uh, six couples that uh, were were uh, going to be shepherds. Uh, we had to make a distinction between shepherding and eldering because they're not ready for elders yet. But the shepherding program will help prepare and, and uh, train and, and in Mexico City, there was a huge number of people that came, and it was just, it was so inspiring to see how eager they were and how much they wanted our input, and please be praying for the work there. Um, as you can see, it's a tough place, and those aren't just um, made-up stories. These things really happen. The, the place that we worshipped uh, last Sunday uh, just four blocks on the other side about two months ago had that kind of battle with hand grenades in the works. Um, one night when they were at midweek, just a f- within walking distance, the brother said, it was another battle between the Federalists and the drug people with grenades and machine guns and the whole, the whole bit during their midweek service. And yet to see um, the challenges that they have and yet the faith that they have and the, the zeal that they have, to share their faith and to not run in fear. Um, and yet they have some real things that they have to deal with. So please be praying for them. I, I just had to, to smile because one of the brothers that was telling his story, the one that was telling about the phone calls that they had gotten and about the brother that had been kidnapped, he was one that was one of the strongest ones that was letting us know that his heart's desire is to be an elder. 
And uh, just to see that, uh, you know, he didn't even talk about these things that he had to go through. There, we didn't. We had to ask to hear about some of those stories. That's not what they talk about. They talk about what they have to learn. They were asking us questions about parenting and what, what they could do to help uh, raise their children, be faithful disciples. And they weren't talking about leaving, going somewhere else. They're right there in the heart of all of this. And they're trusting God, and I, I just, uh, I'm more inspired after seeing this, but I'm so glad that you have this glimpse of it. Alan, I feel like that we're, um, in a way, getting to, to go through Paul's missionary journeys. And um, we, can, we can see, like Paul, that he said uh, to the Thessalonians, you know, he said, we loved you so much that we were eager to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you'd become so dear to us. And that's what happens in in a few days, they all become so dear to you. And I hope and pray that you'll have opportunities and make opportunities so that you can go to some of these churches and give what God's given you because you, we've all been given so, so much. And uh, I appreciate uh, what the Garcias do, what the Amayas have done there. And I'm so glad that Al and I are having an opportunity in this. But please keep praying for us. Amen. I want to... Uh... I want to encourage Gloria because uh, last year we had a, a teacher outside of our, our fellowship from another denomination. He was scheduled to go and do a teaching circuit in Mexico City. And when all this stuff was going on, his wife did not let him go. Uh, he had to cancel his visit. And another brother went in his place, Foster Stanback went in his place and taught a great class. But, you know, I appreciate our fellowship and, and Gloria because not only did she allow Al to go, she went with him. Amen. And I just, I applaud that courage. Uh, maybe we can make another video, Courage Under Fire. Uh, but that would describe uh, Alan Gloria. Uh, and that would describe some of our brothers and sisters that are willing to go into these places and, and do things. And God is working. I want to share a little bit about Central America briefly. Uh, here are three brothers in the church in San Pedro Sula, Astor Enriquez, Mario Vieta, and Claudio Cardoso, they are professional soccer players, the equivalent of the NFL. We have a trainer uh, who is a disciple in the church, and so he uses his position to reach out and share his faith. And they started a Bible talk. And uh, all three of these guys are disciples now. Uh, they were baptized. And they all are, for some reason, uh, this past year, they won the, the championship, the national championship, the, the equivalent of the Super Bowl in, uh, in Honduras. So God is doing amazing things with, with prominent people also in, in the church. I, I have another video here, but we're going to have to skip it because of time. If you want to watch it, we'll pass it on uh, to our website and you can watch it. Uh, nine highlights from the churches in Central America. A unified leadership group that oversees the, the nine churches together. Uh, the church in San, Pedro, in San Salvador has grown from 88 to 140 members in the la 140 members in the last year and a half. This church is exploding uh, because of the great work that Josue and or Veronica Ortega are doing, and they're creating a leadership platform for other churches to be uh, receiving leaders. Uh, the church in Nicaragua received new leaders from Boston. A couple that lives in Boston decided, we're going to go back. She was seven months pregnant with her first child, and they said, we got to go back. She's a U.S. citizen He's a, a, a Nicaraguan citizen, and they decided to go back and lead the church. The safekeeping of the United States, they, they left it all so that the church can have 
leadership. What an incredible testimony of our sister church in Boston. Uh, and we have churches that are signing on to help the churches in Central America, like the church in Las Vegas and other churches in the Southwest. The total membership in Central America is uh, 1,770 uh, of the nine churches. And we have pillar churches in Guatemala City, as Gloria shared, 730 members in Guatemala City. And also in Pedro, San Pedro Sula has a church membership of 435. Uh, and, and God is working. And so I want to leave you with some verses to, for you to chew on. What kind of God do we serve? And it says here, if you'll return to the Lord, then your fellow Israelites and your children will be shown compassion for their captors, by their captors, and will return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. And in Psalm 116, verse 5, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Many people see God as distant and far away. No, He's full of compassion. But many times people don't receive compassion because they stay far from Him. And they deny Him. And you and I need to draw close to God and pray to Him, God, show compassion for our brothers and sisters in the Ivory Coast, in the Middle East, and and in Japan. Help people use these circumstances of our world to bring, bring people close. On behalf of them, we need to pray. Because our God is full of compassion. Hosea 14, verse 3. We will never again say our gods to what our own hands have made. For in you the fatherless find compassion. Do you realize that today in the United States we're living in an unprecedented time of fatherless children? It's an epidemic. And who's going to take care of all these fatherless children? God's ready to do it. And our mission is to bring these children, bring these young men, these teens, these, these, these middle schoolers, these college students who grew up without a dad, to bring them to God so they can have a spiritual father. And correct all the wrong, all the dysfunction that their life has created. And we have in our fellowship today so many whose lives have been corrected because of their relationship with God. In Luke 15, verse 20, the prodigal God. I want to, want to encourage you to read a book if you have time. It's a short read. It, it has really changed my perspective about God and how His compassion. It's called The Prodigal God by Timothy Keller. A great book. It'll take you deeper into the, 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 the prodigal son parable. Uh, it's actually the parable of the prodigal sons or the, the two sons, the two lost sons. But what kind of God do we serve? It's called the prodigal God. The word prodigal means reckless. And it describes, in most terms, the reckless son, how he threw away and squandered his money. But what it really describes is how God squanders and throws the mercy around. He's so merciful. He's so giving. He's so willing. He's so, he so desires to forgive. He's just waiting for his younger son to come home. And he's pleading with his older son, the religious one, the ungrateful one. He's pleading with him. He leaves the party and says, come on in. There's nothing I desire more for than you to be here and celebrating this great victory. And, and it, it's really helped me to understand who God is. But look at what the scripture, Luke 15, 20 says. But while he was still a long way off, his father describing God. 
saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran for an older man to run at this time in Palestine was disgraceful. When you're an old guy, you don't run. The kids run. Women run. But if you're the owner of the land, you don't run. You walk. And you walk with your your head held high. But this father describes God willing to humiliate himself just so he can be united with his son. This is the God that we serve. And he threw his arms around him and kissed him. How about a kiss from God tonight? But you've got to be the one also that initiates the relationship. If you're visiting here with us tonight, I want to encourage you to initiate the relationship. Even tonight, it can begin with a prayer. Even this week, it can begin with some Bible studies. I remember in college, that's when my, my pursuit of my relationship began. It changed my whole life. I am who I am because of that week in my life where I initiated the relationship with God. I want to encourage you to do that because He's a merciful and compassionate God who wants us close. And for the rest of us, I want to encourage you tonight. God has given us the responsibility as brothers and sisters, as Christians, as disciples of Christ. He's put it in our hands. We're to be stewards of the world. God is saying, I'm giving you the world. I want to use you to change this world. You go, what, what, what can I possibly do? Do you know who I am? And sometimes we focus too much on ourselves and we don't focus in on the God that we serve. Anthony came out to our service this morning and he described how we in the Lighthouse region can make a difference by everyone focusing on one person this year. That our compassion would be aroused and that if we focus not on everyone, just one. Save the one. You don't have to save the world. Just save one. That's your mission this year. I want to put that on your heart. Just save one. And what can God do with one? He can have another one. Who helps another one? Who helps another one? That's the plan of Jesus. And before you know it, we have thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of children, of sons and daughters who've come home to be with God again. And you know, in June, when you take up your special missions contribution, I want you to not do it out of a, a ritual or a habit or something that you've done every year, but do it out of compassion. Think about your brothers and sisters in the Middle East. Think about the mission. You don't have to go and, and live in a place where bullets are flying, where there's riots and there's unrest, but you can support them. You and I can send a a check to support the mission work. And it's the best investment you can make on this planet in the souls and our our heroes of the faith that are out there giving their lives for Jesus. I'm going to close this out with a prayer, but I appreciate you being here. Thank you for spending the time listening. And I, I really hope that God can arouse your compassion tonight. We'll pray and then we'll have, uh, I believe we've got a couple of other things and then we're done. Hope you have a great night. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege that you've given us to open our eyes to what's going on in the world around us. Help us to respond with compassion and to allow our hearts to, to, to be aroused, to be filled with compassion. Even as we leave here today, that we can see someone in need 
and make a difference. God, we pray for our neighbors and our friends at school that you'll help us to be full of compassion. Because there's things going on in their lives that we have no idea. But if we just reach out, things can come out and a light can be shed. Well, thank you for Gloria and Al, and thank you for all of our brothers and sisters in Mexico and Central America, in the Middle East, that have so much courage to stand their ground and continue to share their faith and share the gospel. Please bless us, bless our our missions that are coming up in some few months. God, I pray you'll open the floodgates this year. Multiply our resources, but open our hearts. Thank you, God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you so much.